1: Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to yet another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely would mean a lot to me. But here's where we'll start. I'm not the type of, I'm not ai told you so type person. That's that's not what I am. If I said something it can't and you know, it came to fruition, it is what it is. But I'm not ai I told you so type person. Now... I do I am the type of person I might say oh, that that is what I said but I'm not a I told you so type person. Why am I starting with this? So as we know, Georgia won the national championship and I said last episode that I predicted that Georgia was going to win. But I will be completely honest with you guys. <laughs> I had absolutely no conviction in my pick. I was confident picking Georgia. um, Not confident, but I I was content with picking Georgia last episode, right? I was like, yeah, Georgia got this. Georgia got it, you know, this and a third. But then I stopped recording. Then I was editing the episode, and I'm like, ah, well, Alabama has won the last six meetings of, with Georgia and, and pretty handedly too. outside of what 2018 national championship, which Alabama won. Shout out to Tua and Devontae Smith. Then the couple of days I was talking to a couple of people at work. I was talking to a couple of people, you know, in the podcast world, and they did not neglect to, to tell me that, Nick Saban dominates his former assistants. All I'm saying is my confidence level in Georgia was at an all-time low going into the national championship. While I did, while I was riding on my pick, everything in me thought, yeah, this, I, I don't think this is going to be right. <laughs> I don't think Georgia's going to win this. Like, And how could you blame me? You know, like, Georgia, I mean... Georgia hasn't won a national championship since what 1980. But with all that being said, congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning the national championship, beating Alabama in the national championship. First and foremost, there has to, there's something has to be said from the fact that a team that nobody thought was going to win the national championship going into the season won the national championship. You see, Georgia is full of Stories, great stories too. You can look at any number of players. You can look at any number of people in that organization and follow their story and understand that is it is it is a it's a it's a a beautiful thing. Look at Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart is Nick Saban, who of course was the coach of Alabama. Nick Saban's uh, assistant coach in LSU. He was Nick Saban's assistant coach at Miami Dolphins. He was Nick Saban's assistant coach at Alabama. And then he goes to Georgia. And we know, we know the heartbreak that Georgia, like, we know the 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 history that Georgia sports have. It's not, and, I, and we even talked about this last episode. It's not just the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, we know. We know the history that Georgia sports have, whether it's the Atlanta Hawks, whether let me not even get don't even get me started with the Atlanta football team, Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta Braves have a have a little better history than, of course, the Falcons. But Georgia has not had the best recent history as far as winning the big one. Hell, the Atlanta Hawks got to the Eastern Conference Finals and played a team that had an, uh, a Giannis Antetokounmpo that hyperextended his knee badly. Like, I thought he broke it. I thought it was over for him. So I think they had, like, two games without him, and then that Chris Millson went crazy. Again, we're not going to talk about the 28-3. to But Kirby Smart, he's the definition of stay down until you can rise up. (laughs) Kirby Smart is the definition of a road dog. My man, a hundred grand. You follow Nick Saban damn near everywhere he went. And I'm not saying that to belittle uh, Kirby Smart. I'm saying that to pretty much big up Kirby Smart. Because you don't see that too often. Like, people don't do that. Especially... If you look at a lot, uh, Steve Sarkeesian, like especially if you look at a lot of other people that have been under the tutelage of Nick Saban, Stinson Bennett, the walk-on, the first walk-on to ever start a national championship. I mean, the man had to go. The man went to Georgia, had to go to JUCO, went back to Georgia. And beat the powerhouse that is the Alabama Crimson Tide. After getting embarrassed in the SEC championship, after throwing a bad, it was a crazy turn of events, but a bad pick in the game. And after that pick in the national championship, I don't think he, I think he was like eight for eight, nine for nine. Stinson been a person that I had my doubts about. I've said hell, I had my doubts, I had my doubts about him in the in the uh in the semifinals against Michigan because I said I don't trust uh I don't trust that quarterback. I do trust the defense, I don't trust the quarterback. Now don't get me wrong, George's defense. Most, if not all, of those players will be playing on Sunday, if not this year, next year, the year after. Georgia's defense is one of the best defenses I've seen in a while. And they did it they went to the they, they they came from first of all the sec is a tough i mean they won the sec has won the last what three national championships whether it's lsu alabama and georgia now so the s we all know what the sec is and the fact that you d i mean you dethroned georgia i mean you dethroned alabama man congrats shouts out to the georgia Bo- and let's talk about the game a little bit now let's let's first get out the way, and I'm and this is not minimizing the win. This is just saying a fact. I do believe if Jamison Williams or yeah Jamison Williams and Michi was playing. Now Jamison Williams did play. He hurt himself in the first quarter, I believe. Uh, did not return. Michi did not play. If I, I do believe, I mean that's two thousand yard receivers for the Nat Bryce La, Bryce Young who was the national I mean who was the 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 Heisman trophy winner. So I do believe I mean at that point so the, You can be a five-star athlete. There's nothing wrong with me. I mean you're 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 an elite class if you're a five-star athlete. The difference is there is a lot of five-star athletes in college football, especially in the national championship. So Just being a five star athlete doesn't mean that you're ready for the moment. Because there's, hell, look at college basketball. You see a lot of five star athletes go to Kentucky, go to Duke, go to UNC, go to, you know, some of the big schools. But when was the last time? I mean, hell, Kentucky had. You remember the year they had Devin Booker, Carl uh, Anthony Townsend of course you see what they're doing in the league but that team did not win the national championship. So you can be a five you can be a five-star athlete but there's a lot of five-star athletes in the NBA oh, I'm sorry there's a lot of five-star athletes in college, especially in college football, especially in the national championship. Did you see how many people how many players were just swarming to the ball on the on the Georgia defensive side? the ball like so i'm saying all that to say yes because jamison williams did not or was out and, and wasn't able to return i hope he's he'll be all right and michi didn't play people saying well is alabama you still have five star athletes which is true that's that's true however you're going against a bunch of five-star athletes in Georgia who are ready for this moment because they have played big situations. They played in big moments. A lot of these five-star athletes that had to come in for Williams, had to come in for Michi, only played in minutes when maybe sporadically in the first or played when they're blowing somebody out. So they're not used to the pressure. They're not used to big moments. As you can see, with some of the players, drop the ball. Like like clear drops, because it's, it's a big moment. I mean, I would not know how it feels like playing in the national championship, but I would imagine that is a big moment. So losing Williams and lo- and not having Michi, in my opinion, was huge. Now that doesn't take away from the fact that. Georgia won. Like, that doesn't minimize Georgia's win. You're still playing a vaunted defense. And a lot of the defense, a lot of the defensive players that Georgia had will also be uh, playing on Sunday. So, not Georgia, Alabama have will also be playing on Sunday. So, that's this is no credit, but I do think it is something. To, and it is, it definitely was big that Jamin. Jamison Williams and Michi didn't play well Jamison Williams went out and Michi didn't play so you're asking even though they are a five-star athlete you're asking players that are not ready for this moment to have to be ready and again I'm not taking away from George's win because again you just beat it you beat a Heisman winner in Bryce Love and that defense was crazy and 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 it's not just the defense because Stetson Benson or oh Bennett—I'm sorry, Stetson Bennett—went after he threw that or after the, the the wild play that ended up in a pick. He uh, he he went up. He went perfect. And then of course Georgia had to pick six to steal the game at the end. Congratulations to Georgia, man. Congratulations to Stetson Bennett. Congratulations to all those boys on the defensive side of the ball that more than likely will be getting drafted in the, in in the next few years. Shouts out to Alabama. It's something to be said that they've played in like ninety percent of the college football playoffs. A lot of people are asking, does this ruin Nick Saban's legacy? Because he lost to Kirby Smart. Uh, He lost to his assistant. He lost to uh, another SEC team. Does this ruin his legacy? Bruh, Nick Saban has six national championships. Five with Alabama, one with LSU. Nick Saban is universally considered the greatest coach in college football history. Yes, this win stings, Uh, but... This ain't, people ain't going to look at Nick statement now like, ugh, you garbage. <laughs> Nobody's doing that. But shouts out to Georgia, man. Winning their first national championship since 1980. 1980. The 80s. I'm, I'm not even going to say that. Shouts out to them. Now, I'm not going to do that. Because a lot of people now want to, I mean, it's fresh. You know, they just won, what, Monday. So, I'm not going to now look to the future. I'm going to stay in the present. Congratulations to Georgia, man. They well-deserved, man. And, and, and you know, it's a national championship. So, each side, each, each, you know, Alabama, Georgia, they brought out their respective stars. I saw Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram on the Alabama sideline. I saw Quavo, <laughs> Quavo was on uh, Georgia's sideline. Uh, Georgia hasn't really been national championship relevant since, what, Herschel Walker. So, shout out to them, man. It is def- and and they were the most consistent team throughout the entire year. Yes, they, they lost. The, their one loss, of course, was in the SEC championship where they got, you know, they they got manhandled. And, and that's all we were hearing about moving up or going up to the national championship was – You know, the first meeting didn't go well, this, that, and the third. But, and, and, and it's Alabama. Like, everyone loses to Alabama. But shouts out to, you know, Oregon. They, I would say Oregon. What? Shouts out to Georgia, man. They, they were able to take that loss. And I mean, when you're, when you're undefeated throughout a whole year and you lose, especially in a big moment, um, it can, I mean, it can do it can do one or two things for a team. You can either go left, or you can go right. The team can start like doubting themselves. You can start hearing outside noise. You start hearing a lot of infighting. Like it's a lot that could happen after a loss. Or you can galvanize your troops like Kirby Smart did and say, "Hey, yo, all we gotta do is, you know, we're still third in the nation. We were one. We're third now. Uh, all we have to do is is beat Michigan, and then we'll get a shot." All we need is a shot. And you know what's funny? I was thinking while I was watching the National Championship. And this it's terrible that I was thinking this, but I was like, hey yo, do you know the bullet? <laughs> the bullet that Cincinnati Bearcats uh uh dodged not being in the national championship? Now I understand this national championship. Everybody wants to play in the national championship. But do you understand the 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 whooping that the Cincinnati Bearcats would have faced or would have been handed if they would have played that championship going against a Georgia team that hasn't won since 1980 and is already upset from what happened in the SEC championship and probably feel some type of way that they're not seeing Alabama again. So all that pent up aggression will be unleashed on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Now, of course everyone wants to play national championship i mean i'm not saying that you don't try to play for the national championship but uh it's just something i was thinking about <laughs> but man georgia has found themselves back in the city of champions uh or in the sea of champions so shout out to georgia man Shouts out to Georgia. Not only is this a a redemption from the SEC Championship just two, three weeks ago, it's also this also is a redemption from the incredible game that we saw. I believe what in 2018, which was Alabama versus Georgia in the national championship, where I think Tua had the late game, the touchdown to Devontae Smith. Um shouts out to Georgia, man. Shouts out to Georgia for winning the national championship. Thirty-three to eighteen, and honestly, don't let the score fool you. It was a lot closer than I mean. It was that pick six at the end pretty much sealed it, but it was well, the touchdown sealed it. But it was a defensive game. Like the first half was just. I mean, what was it going into the fourth quarter? Wasn't it like six to nine or thirteen to nine? Like it was. It was a defensive. It was exactly how I expected it to be. It was. it was exactly how how it was exactly how I thought it was going to be. Georgia has not really been in a high scoring. Georgia is a defensive minded team. And they are a rugged team. And Alabama while they a lot of their players were down, they are a rugged team. I mean, we know who Alabama is. Even though they do have the Heisman winner and Bryce Young can put five, six touchdowns on your head easily. You knew that this was, if this game, I didn't, during the game, this game went exactly how Georgia wanted it to. Not a high-scoring game, because I don't, you know, Stenson Bennett isn't really a high-scoring quarterback, but he, and I'm not just going to call him a serviceable quarterback like I have been calling him. He, he made big plays. But Georgia wants to to win in the trenches. They want to muck, muck, mucky up the game, and it's just the little play. Like I said, the, the the score didn't get going until like late in the second half. So the game went exactly how Georgia would want it to go, and you know, Bryce, Bryce, Bryce Young or Bryce, yeah, Bryce Young. He struggled through a through a bad through a what two interceptions, and and the game. The game was won on the fact that I think Alabama went to the, uh, was in the, the red zone like four or five times. Four or five times, and I think only got two touchdowns? No, only got one touchdown. Like, especially in the national championship, especially playing a top team, and especially playing the Georgia Bulldogs, if you get into the red zone, you have to capitalize. And not just with three points. Now, yes, it didn't really come back to bite them until the fourth quarter. But the thing was, it came back to bite them. Especially when Stetson Bennett started rolling. And when he started rolling after that uh, crazy play, it was a wrap. So, south-south of the Georgia Bulldogs, um, I don't have a... Again, I'm not going to look forward to next year. Right now, because I mean I'm still in the moment. So, shouts out to Georgia for winning the national championship, thirty three to eighteen. Definitely well deserved. Played an incredible game, and even though it was a defensive game, especially in the second half, it was fun to watch. Very fun to watch. So, uh, well deserved. Stetson Bennett, well deserved. Kirby Smart, all the uh, Georgia defenders, all the Georgia, all you know, all the Georgia players. Man, definitely well deserved. I mean, you saw Stinson Bennett uh, crying at the end of the game, which was good because we know how much it meant to this guy. I mean, he's a walk-on, bro, and the people don't understand that there's a st- there's there's a lot that comes to walk-on. Like you don't really, if you're a walk-on, you more than likely don't have a scholarship or have a very, very, very small scholarship and don't really pay for nothing but maybe books. So it's like you know. So you were a walk-on. Went to Georgia, which was his dream school. Didn't work out. Had to go to JUCO. Then was incredible in JUCO. Went back to Georgia, and did it like he. It's an incredible Kirby Smart followed Nick Saban everywhere and finally beat him. And we know the record that Nick Saban has against his former uh, assistants, and the fact that you they finally beat him, man. It's it's, it's well deserved. Well deserved. So, shouts out to Georgia. It's a it's a good story. And 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 people say they don't like dynasties, right? People say they don't like dynasties, but we tune into the Alabamas all the time. We tune into the Los Angeles Lakers all the time. We tuned in for the five years that Golden State had, and it's looking like they're they're not done. We tuned in. We're tuning into the Yankees. We're tuning into the Patriots. Like people say they don't like, Ch- but and I'm not saying they want them to win, but. People like people like a good David and Goliath story. David and Goliath. So, shout out to Georgia. Let me tell you guys a story before we go. Let me get a little personal. <laughs> I used to work for an organization. Or I used to work for uh, for a news station. I'm not going to say I'm not going to say their state their name, but I used to work for uh, uh, a news organization. I was working hard too. And I felt my contributions were very important to the show. It was. It was very important to the show. I did a lot for the show. Um however, in news or in in media, if you're working on a show and the show gets canceled, more than likely you're out. Like they don't really especially if it's a freelance thing, they don't really allocate you somewhere else you're just out. So I was working on a show and uh the show got canceled. Or the show discontinued. So I was out. And I was devastated. I, I was like, yo, what's going on? Like what's what's happening? Like I don't know what's next. I thought that my world pretty much ended. Turns out that was probably the best thing that that happened to me at that moment, you know. Moved on the next thing uh was was bigger and better. Now let me tell you why I told you this story. And I'm now uh, let me let me tell you why I told this story. So at the end of the year, as we know, there are a lot of coaches that get fired. Uh, we saw, saw Mike Zimmer from the Vikings; he got fired. Matt Nagy got fired from the Bears. Um, we see a lot of people. Vic Fangio, Vic Fangio, got fired from the uh, from the Broncos. But none of those were surprising. I mean, the Vikings have struggled. I mean, I think a lot of people let the Case Keenum in, in the miracle thing with Stephon Diggs. A lot of people let that get to the head, but the Vikings haven't really been close in a while, even with Kirk Cousins, even with Justin Jeffries, even with Adam Thielen, even with Delvin Cook. They haven't really been close. And nobody really thinks they're close. I mean, hell, they still struggle. Now, it is Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers, but they still struggle to even stay relevant in in their division. Nobody's surprised about Matt Nagy. I mean, we knew the dis. – I'm not going to say the dysfunction, but the the turbulence that he had, especially with even naming a, a starting quarterback. Even though you get Justin Fields in the first round, you're over there telling everybody – Oh no! It's still Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton is just look look garbage. Now he did win his last game, but he he looked garbage. Vic Fangio, not saying he's a bad guy, but what what are the Dolphins? I mean, not Dolphins. What are the Broncos? I mean, it's a it's a it's a team that can't get the quarterback right. I mean, you have Teddy Bridgewater, you have uh, Drew Locke. You just can't get the quarterback right. But none of those were surprising. None of those were surprising. The one that was surprising to a lot of people, to myself, to the NFL world, I think you can say, outside of the higher management in in Miami, was Brian Flores. Won like seven or eight of his last nine or seven of his last eight games. 19 wins in in 2 years with that Dolphins team was out. Now reports come out saying that it was a dis, dis, dis disagreement between which assistant coaches had to stay, which assistant coaches had to go and uh and then the day they let Brian Flores go. Now, I'm going to tell you why this is a great thing for Brian Flores. Because when we think of Miami, we don't think of a good organization. We don't think of a, of a, well, you know what? I say this all the time. And this is why I felt bad for David Culley when he got the job for Houston. I said African-Americans don't really get put into good situations as far as head coaching jobs. They don't really give African-Americans... I mean, the Mike Tomlins are rare. In fact, I think Mike... Is, that's like the only one. And I'm saying the Mike Tomlins are rare as in... You don't really get put in good situations as an African-American coach. Especially... You, you either get put in a rebuilding team. I.E. David Cully, I.E. Uh, uh, you know... You either get put in a bad situation or a rebuilding team or a situation that has poor management. And then when things go wrong, they blame it on you. And nobody thinks of the Dolphins organization as a functioning organization. Just be- A lot of the winning is because of Brian Flores. And I think that this was probably the best thing that's happened to him is because he's not going to be out of a job for long. Hell, I'm recording this on a Tuesday afternoon. He may have a job. Hell, don't be surprised if the Vikings or the Bears or the or the Broncos or another team that needs that's probably going to be out of a coach soon. Don't he's not going to be out of a job soon and and more than likely which is unfortunate he may get an assistant coaching job but he Brian Flores is a great coach everyone that's why people are so shocked because he's a really good coach but this is the best thing that could happen to him because now you're out of Miami and nobody thinks that Miami is a good organization. Hell, everyone is surprised that Brian Flores is out, but the GM's not. And the GM's the one that make a lot, of this, a lot of the decisions. Especially with personnel. And when you don't have a lot of say in the people that you have to coach. And the people that you have to coach are not a good fit. They still put that on the coach. So I think this is the best thing That could have happened to Brian Flores You're out of Miami Hell, you wanna know how dysfunctional Miami is? Just current Miami You remember The whole Tua Deshaun Watson thing? How everyone and their mama knew That Miami was trying to go Get Deshaun Watson Everybody knew Yet and still, Miami was still coming out saying, "No, we're not. We're not trying to get Deshaun Watson. Tua's is our guy. We believe in Tua." No, you don't. <laughs> you're trying to get. And and here's it. You may believe in Tua, but that doesn't mean that you're not trying to get Deshaun Watson. Because everybody, you have to be a tongue of aloe family member to think that Tua is better than Deshaun Watson. Even with everything that Deshaun Watson has going on off the field, you still tried to go get Deshaun Watson, but then tried to tell everyone and tried to make Tua feel better, saying, no, we believe in you. You can believe in him all you want. You still tried to get another player. So that was probably the most surprising um, surprising firing that there was, which was... Um, Brian Flores, it's surprising because we a lot, most of the people around the around the league know how good of a coach he is. He's just in a poor situation, but the fact that now he's out of that situation and able to go somewhere else, and again, I think I think he's coached himself to a better situation. Not saying that he, you know, not saying that that's now deserved. Like Brian Flores has been a good a good coach, uh, he just now hopefully goes to a better situation. Again, the Mike Tomlin's. Uh, as far as going to an organ- a, a really good organization, that's you don't see that too often. The the Tony Dungys, you don't really see that too often. Going to the Colts, getting uh, getting Peyton Manning, you don't see that too often. Was it how we love, how we love, whatever? Uh, I forgot his name. The coach, the 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 coach that was in Illinois, he he coached for the the Bears that went to the Super Bowl. Is it Lovey Smith? Might be Lovey Smith. It might be Lovey Smith. I'm gonna look that up, but you don't really get that too often. It's definitely Lovey Smith. You don't get that too often. You don't get good. and even Lovey Smith was out at the end. I mean, you had Jay Cutler when Jay Cutler was good. So there are there are still going to be coaching jobs at the end of the day. There are still going to there, – there's more coaches that are going to get fired. I mean, there's still a lot of coaches on the hot seat. Not saying that they will get fired. I don't know. And I'm not really here to call a lot of people's job. But we need to see what's going to happen with Matt Rule. Even though they said they might keep him. We, you know, they, they, they say that a lot. So we need to see. We need to see. But um, yeah, I, I think what happened with Brian Flores is the best thing that could have happened to him. So – because he will go to a better organization that that is better run, hopefully, hopefully. Because he how he can get up in Jacksonville, and even that Jacksonville might even be a better situation for him. Because you have Trevor Lawrence. I'm not gonna say better, but a good situation because you have Trevor Lawrence. So, I just hope he doesn't. I mean, I hope he doesn't go get like a David Culley type situation, and go like Houston, because we know how bad Houston is. So. But Week 18 happened. First Week 18 in NFL history. And we had some uh we had some uh sparks, let's just say that. Speaking of coaching, let's 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 stick to the coaching aspect and let's go to let's go straight to the big moment. Let's go straight to the Chargers and Raiders game, Sunday Night Football. Raiders Beat the Chargers 32, or 35 to 32. Incredible game. Went to overtime. Carlson hit a game, as time expired in overtime, Carlson hit a game-winning field goal. The biggest, the biggest moments of that entire game came with a coaching decision. Two coaching decisions were the biggest moments of the game. First coaching decision, of course, was uh, Brandon Staley going for fourth and one on your own 18-yard line. Now, Brandon Staley has not been shy this entire year about going forward on fourth down, especially fourth and short, fourth and two, fourth and three, fourth and one. So it's no surprise that he went for it on fourth down multiple times in the game. Because that's that's been his MO. He's a big analytics guy. And the analytics say you have a better shot getting it a 4th and 1 than, I guess, pointing the ball, giving it to them. But you go for it on 4th and 1 in your own 18-yard line. I, <laughs> there's something that has to be, I understand if you had like a vaunted defense and you have good I mean you have Derwin James you have Joey Bosa you have good defensive players but your defense as a whole is not that good so if and you have to read the room man you're in a hostile environment in Vegas you're on the road your defense is not playing too well your quarterback can't hear Anytime a quarterback goes like this, for people that are watching, you, you see me put my hands to my ear, but for people that are listening, if a quarterback puts their hands to their ears, both hands to the ears, that means they're trying to listen to what the coach is saying. Meaning they can't hear. So you have a hostile or a ruckus environment. Your quarterback can't hear. And... Your run game hasn't really been good, hasn't really been going this entire game. And your defense ain't even like that. Your defense is that good. Why go for it on fourth and 18? Or fourth and one on your own 18 yard line? Putting your defense pretty much in harm's way if you don't get it, which, by the way, they did. I mean, the Raiders were running the ball up and down the the Chargers the whole game. Derek Carr was hitting big play after big play after big play the whole game. Why would you put them in a bad situation or put them pin them in the, on the 18 yard line, bro? The second controversial call was the timeout in overtime. Now. This is more controversial I guess because of what happened after the game. Now we're hearing that the Raiders were there's pretty much report saying the Raiders were were going for the going for the tie. If they would have tied, both teams would have been in. The Steelers would have been out. We'll talk about the Steelers in a second, but the Steelers would have been out. Both Raiders and Chargers would have been in the playoffs. There was <laughs> There was reports that the, that's what the Raiders were trying to do. The Raiders were trying to run clock. Hell, even heard Chris Collinsworth kept saying the Raiders look they're not even they don't look have any urgency to get to the line, and the clock just keeps ticking and keeps ticking and keeps ticking. You can it it looked like, and I was thinking to myself, to myself, are they going for a tie? I said, they can't be going for a tie, because if they go for a tie, don't they lose the game? Until the, the graphic on NBC said, if the game ends in a tie, both teams make it to the playoffs. I said, oh, they might be going for a tie. And then Staley called timeout, which made the Rays look like, oh, okay, I see what we're trying to do here. And you give them rest. Josh Jacobs bust for uh, – 12, 13 yard run, put him in field goal range, the rest is history. I'm not saying that uh I'm not saying that Staley is a bad coach. But you have to understand, man, you have to read the room. And sometimes reading the room is is telling, you know your defense has struggled, especially stopping the run. Not just this game, but the entire year. You know that your defense has struggled this entire year. You know that as much crap that Derek Carr gets from the media and Raiders fans, Derek Carr, I think, leads the league in game winning or game Uh, Leads the league in recent recent history in game winning drives. You 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 cannot put your team in harm's way, and now as you sit here, as we sit here today, you're not in the playoffs. (laughs) And you have the better quarterback. There's nobody that would say Justin Herbert is not better than Derek Carr. Not 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 crapping on Derek Carr, but nobody would say that Justin Herbert is not better than Derek Carr. Justin Herbert is better than Derek Carr. Derek Carr is good, but Justin Herbert is better than Derek Carr. But and you have better weapons. You have Mike Williams, and 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 Justin Herbert was going that last drive to force it to overtime was magical. The pass to Mike. Mike Williams and and the pass at the side, it, it was it's unfortunate that uh that that the Raider I mean the Charger season ended the way it ended. And a lot of that is due to the coach. A lot of that is due to also their defense cuz I mean you you give up a like a a a third and like 25 yard run and they get like a first down from it. But yeah, man, analytics isn't always isn't the end all be it. like. Sometimes you have to read the room, and analytics ain't always it. Like, why would you go for a fourth and one at your own, at your own eighteen yard line? I don't know. It behooves me. But shouts out to the Raiders for making it to the playoffs. We'll talk about um. Well, so the playoffs start on Sun on Saturday. So for the Saturday episode, I'll break down my playoff. I'll break down the playoffs and who I think is gonna win the National you know, not, who I think gonna win the Super Bowl and stuff like that. So shouts out to the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Oof let's let's talk about let's talk about why. Um Let's talk about why, if the Raiders and Chargers would have tied, um, they both would have been to the playoffs. And that is because of what happened before with the Colts and Jaguars. All the Colts had to do was win and get in. And they were playing the worst team in the league in Jacksonville. All the Chargers had the two wins at the time. All the Chargers had to do was beat a two-win team. That Chargers. All the Colts, I apologize. All the Colts had to do was beat a two-win team. Win and you're in. In that case, if they would have tied, if the Chargers and Raiders would have tied, I think the Chargers would have went and the Raiders would not have. So all the Colts had to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. A Jacksonville Jaguars team, by the way, that has seen its fair share of controversy this year, especially with uh, Urban Meyer. A team in the Jacksonville Jaguars that is the worst in turnovers. For a team that is the best in takeaways or second, I believe, in takeaways. Both teams have number one overall picks, Carson Wentz, Trevor Lawrence, but that's pretty much where the st- I mean, <laughs> you have Jonathan Taylor, MVP candidate. You have Miles Leonard, incredible defensive player, defensive player of the year candidate. You have DeForest Buckner, defensive player of the year candidate. You have Michael Pittman, incredible wide receiver. Everything lined up for the Colts. All they had to do was beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And they couldn't do it. Excuse my language, but they, uh, for lack of a better term, they shit the bed. This isn't all on Carson Wentz, but majority of it is. See, Carson Wentz, they were talking about QBRs. I don't really talk too much about QBRs, but they're talking about QBRs. To to put into perspective how Carson how bad Carson Wentz was on Sunday. Carson Wentz, I think an average QBR is fifty. Uh, a, a really good quarterback or a great quarterback, QBR, or a perfect quarterback is like 100 QBR. Carson Wentz had 4.4. Carson Wentz fumbled, has fumbled interceptions. Carson Wentz was a huge—now, r- it wasn't just Carson Wentz. The offensive line was dominated. Dominated. Defensive line couldn't get—or couldn't or defense couldn't get any big stops. Uh, it didn't help that Carson Wentz kept turning the the ball over. Because the offensive line was dominated, Jonathan Taylor rushed for, like, the—couldn't get going. But even in that, I don't understand why they threw the ball so—they—they're—they're—it they, they they're, 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 <laughs> it seemed like their strategy was run or throw the ball. And then, just, like, even with Jonathan Taylor, they went into the game, in my opinion, think at least it would look like in, early into the game, was— We're going to try to win by throwing the ball. We're going to win in Carson wins hands, which didn't make sense to me because uh, you have an MVP candidate in Jonathan Taylor. You know why this is, you know, why a lot of people are considering this like one of the worst losses in in NFL history and one of the worst losses in Colts franchise history is because of the optics. And boy, are the optics bad! You had you had Philip Rivers last year, and Philip Rivers got y'all to the playoffs. Now, granted, you did lose to the is it Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, but you, no, the Bills. You lose to the Buffalo Bills, but you almost beat the Buffalo Bills, and you make it to the playoffs. You bring in Carson Wentz because you think to yourself, well, Carson Wentz's best years were with Frank Wright before the injuries and before just all the downfall happened in Philly. His best years were with Frank Wright. He's younger than Carson, I mean, he's younger than Phillip Rivers. We are, the, we are bringing in Carson Wentz because we believe that he can bring us a championship. We believe that the only thing that we're missing is decent quarterback play. And if we get that, this team is good enough to win a championship. And to be honest, they're absolutely right. The Colts are an incredible team. You have an incredible running back. Because Derrick Henry went out, you have the best running back in the league right now. You have incredible wide receiver weapons. Michael Pittman is an incredible wide receiver weapon. You have an incredible defense. You have a good I mean your offensive line, even though they got dominated on Sunday, your offense you have Quentin Nelson who if he if he if he ended his career today, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. That's how good Quentin Nelson is. You have studs on the defense side of the ball. You think the 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 Indianapolis Colts think all we need is a quarterback to get us there and we will win a championship. I mean, you look at their roster, they're not wrong. So you bring in Carson Wentz. You pair Carson Wentz with Frank Reich. Or Frank Reich. And you don't even make it to the playoffs. Because you can't beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. And it's even worse because week before, didn't you like destroy the Patriots, who are also in the playoffs now? They just, they destroyed the Patriots and lose to Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I don't see much change happening uh, for the Colts because. Like, what can you do? You're pretty much guaranteed or you're pretty much married to uh, Carson Wentz for another year because you ain't trading Carson Wentz. Who's taking Carson Wentz and that 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 hefty contract that you gave. And that's that's pretty much it. You don't really need to change much else. So I don't. And even, even if you don't, even if you, you, you can't really change nothing else, but what, what happens? Like how, I don't, there's nothing in me that believes that this team will win next year because you have Carson Wentz as your quarterback. And I was wrong. I've said it before, but I will reiterate it. I was wrong. I was wrong about Carson Wentz. I thought that, I thought that the Colts made the best move, made one of the best moves in the offseason, getting Carson Wentz because I just thought Carson Wentz, I mean, Carson, I was one of the people. I, I thought Carson Wentz's best years was with Frank Reich. Carson Wentz just, you know, he was, an, I think, even his second in MVP voting. Or he fin- He was an MVP candidate. He was an M- MVP front runner before he got hurt. And I said all he does is, all he needs is a change of scenery. He just needs he needs to get out of Philly He just needs to change scenery And I thought Indianapolis Colts was the best place for him Because Frank Wright was there You have a great offensive line You have great weapons You have a great defense I thought I was wrong Because the Carson Wentz that we saw This year Was the same Carson Wentz that we've seen In Philly Now I will say this Carson Wentz was okay this year. He did limit the turnovers. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Let me say this. He wasn't as turnover prone as he was in Philly, but he turned the ball over a lot this year. So I'm not. He wasn't as bad. <laughs> His turnovers weren't as bad as they were in Philly, but they still were. There There was a lot of turnovers. I don't know. I, I just don't see, um, I don't see, I don't see them go, I, I was wrong. I don't see the Colts, I don't see any team winning with Carson Wentz as their starting quarterback. And when I say winning, of course you win a couple games, I mean they went 9-8. But even that, a team as good as the Colts going 9-8 and eight is a problem. And a problem that can't really be fixed next year because you have to keep Carson Wentz. Because what else are you who who were you getting? Who was car who are you getting for Carson Wentz? Who was who is who is trading for Carson Wentz? Look at the landscape of the league, right? Who is trading for Carson Wentz? What? Uh, uh, Houston? I think they're like the Darius uh Miles kid. Or Miller. Darius Miller. No one. Yeah, the the Indianapolis Colts This was probably their worst loss One of their worst losses in in recent memory Because it's like You bring in some You lost to Jacksonville So Yeah Let's talk about another big loss Or A good game Let's, let's, let's kind of go to a good game. Let's kind of go to uh, the 49ers and Rams. So, the 49ers beat the... And I'm not going over every game for Week 18 because there's a lot of... Like, Joe Burrow didn't play. Uh, we don't need to talk about the Bucks beating the Panthers 41-17. to 17. We don't need to talk about all the games. So, let's just talk about the 49ers and Rams. So, the 49ers beat the Rams 27-24 to 24 and... The question is, can you trust Matthew Stafford? Because Matthew Stafford has a turnover problem. He has some incredible weapons. I mean, Cooper Cup has arguably been the best wide receiver in the league this year. You have Oda Beckham Jr. who has a resurgence. Um, Cam Akers, which is still a medical miracle every time I say it, is back. Uh, Sonny Michelle is going crazy. Tyler Higbee is great. Um, You have some incredible pieces on the defensive side of the ball. You have Von Miller, you have, you know, Jalen Ramsey, you have Aaron Darnold. But this game was lost. The 49ers won this game because they were they controlled the line of scrimmage at the second half. Debo Samuels is probably the one of the I don't know who said it. I think Dan may have said it. Dan Olauski might have said it. I think he said he's one of the most unique players we have in the league because of how he's used. They, the 49ers use that man in every way, shape, or form on offense. I mean, he has, he, he, he's a running back. He's a, no, he's a wide receiver that plays running back that threw a touchdown. He, throw, he, threw, a touch, he threw a touchdown in the, in, in, in the game. Debo Samuels he's he's a monster but this game came down to the 49ers were more physical which 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 that's their brand of football They're, the 49ers were more physical with the with the Rams offensive line. They got to Matt Stafford a lot and of course at the end of the game in overtime, Matthew Stafford did what people were expecting and threw an interception. So the question is, can you trust Matthew Stafford, man? I don't know. You're going to have they they have to. Not uh, cuz we've seen great Matthew Stafford. We've seen Matthew Stafford go crazy. We've also seen bad Matthew Stafford. And Matthew Stafford throw multiple picks. I mean, he had a pick six against the Ravens. They were struggling against the Ravens, so I don't know. They're gonna have to trust. Like this team has to. Uh, this team has to win a Super Bowl with all the money that you spent this year. The whole go for it mentality. You have to win the Super Bowl this year. With the problem is though, I don't think they will. I don't think they will I think they have the pieces but I don't see them beating a Green Bay and even if they did I don't see them beating a uh Kansas City Chiefs I don't see them beating I don't really I don't really know another NFC AFC team that they could maybe the Bills I don't I just don't see it and that's we'll talk about it when we get there but that would be a huge catastrophic loss because of the whole win now mentality that they that they have right now. Going forward with Matthew Stafford, going forward with Mom Miller, going forward with Odell Beckham Jr. That's that would be devastating. So Yeah. The Steelers are man, how I don't know how the Steelers made it to the playoffs. <laughs> it's still shocking to me how the Steelers made it. I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. You 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 they beat they beat they, they, they won the games that they were supposed to win. You beat the Ravens, uh the Colts lost, and the Chargers and, and Raiders didn't win the tie. They 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 made it. I don't know how the hell they did it, but they made it. Now, I do think that their playoff run and definitely is short and will lose the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs. But shouts out shouts out to the the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I, I don't know how they did it. You know what it is? I talk about Big Ben a lot. I talk about Big Ben as far as he doesn't have the arm strength and he's he's pretty much washed up. But one thing that Big Ben still – one thing that Big Ben does that I will give him credit for is he knows he's not going to give you a lot of forced turnovers. And when you need a big play, he – at least the end of the – or the the end of the season, he gave you big plays – big important uh like big important completions not saying he's going to like throw he's not throwing bombs this is not what he's doing but he he will give you a you need a fourth and one or you need a you have a fourth and five he'll 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 get he'll make the right pass that's what that's big i will give big ben that credit we've seen it time. hell we've even seen it in the ravens game it was a big fourth down conversion that they needed and he put the ball on the money for the for the wide receiver that just comes with you. You know the moment, you know the opportunity, and you, there's no fear there. You, you, I mean, you've done this several times. So shouts out to the Steelers, man! Shouts out to Mike Tomlin. Always got to big up a black quarterback, man, or black uh, head coach. Shouts out to Mike Tomlin, the one that people been trying to find. people been trying to get him out of there every single time you see uh, something going on with the Steelers. You know, Mike Tomlin has lost the locker room. Shout out to Mike Tomlin. Shout out to the Steelers. I I am very vocal uh, on, I'm not going to say bagging or trashing the Steelers, but I I do tell the truth about the Steelers. So I will be here. You know, shout out to the Steelers. They, they did what they had to do. So, again, I do think that their run is going to, <laughs> their playoff run is going to start and end, what, Saturday or Sunday. One of them against the Chiefs, game one. But, uh. The fact that they're even in the playoffs is, is miraculous to me, especially. This is not really a good team, but they won the games they need to win. So, shouts out to the Steelers, man. <sighs> I couldn't go without talking about this game. You know, we uh, we did we did talk about uh, coaches being fired, and Joe Judge is still a coach. Now, David Gettleman... Retired or something But Joe Judge is still a coach They they said that they're more than likely Keeping Joe Judge Now I've been watching sports I'm not the the Oldest chap But I've been watching sports for a minute i wa out now We all know that I'm a big basketball guy But I've been watching football for as long as I can remember Of course I don't have The extensive history is like a, I don't know, a Rich Eismond or a Colin Cowherd or, you know, people that's been in there. It's Skip Bayless. I never played like Shannon Sharp or Ryan Clark or Dan Orlowski or Marcus Spears. So I don't have a big. I don't have the the heaviest football palette. I have about, what, 20-something years into me as in watching football. And I can honestly say what I saw Dave Gettleman and the New York Giants do on Sunday when they went for a quarterback sneak (laughs) on a third and nine in their own I think on their own like four or five yard line. That was a first. (laughs) I've never seen that a damn I've never seen that. Ever. I've seen quarterback sneaks before. I've seen I've seen teams go for it on their own. Hell look at Staley. But I've never seen them go for a quarterback sneak with third and nine on their own Yard line. I understand Jake Fromm was your quarterback, third string quarterback. I also understand that he wasn't having the best game. But what do you what are you playing for? Like what what is what what are you playing for? You have to at, at least play to win. I mean, I know that the game had no stipulations because neither Washington or The Giants for making the playoffs, but at least have some pride, bro. Go. Especially all the crap that you was talking before the game, you know, just crapping on Washington. It's funny that Brian Flores got fired. Had 18 wins his first uh, two years. Or his his first two years with Miami. I think won seven of the last eight games. One on Sunday. Yet and still, Joe, I think my, Joe, uh, this is yet another year where the Giants, under its chief, I mean, they won four games this year. Yet and still, they're keeping Joe Judge. Matt Nagy had a better record, right? The Bears had a better record than, um, even with all the dysfunction going on with them, the Bears had a had a better record than the Giants. The Vikings had a better record than the Giants. The Jaguars had one less win than the Giants. The Dolphins more than doubled their win total than the Giants. And the Giants are out of, or the Dolphins are out of a head coach. The Chargers are out of, no Chargers. The Vikings are out of head coach. The Bears are out of a head coach. The Jaguars are out of a head coach. Yet and still, the Giants... That boy Joe Judge is still there. Like I, I don't know as a owner, I don't know like what you have to see or what you're looking at for you to feel um that this has been successful. I don't I don't know. It behooves me. But hey, Charles, <laughs> you'll be back next year, I guess. and before we go i just want to say how good it felt watching clay play man so clay thompson came back we talked about it uh a couple of episodes ago clay thompson came back and he looked phenomenal bro he had 17 points uh, had a big dunk you know the thing about injuries i i never had a major injury uh when i played basketball i did have a high ankle sprain i did break you know broke my ankle but uh you have a fear you have a fear and uh, you have a fear coming back like you you don't want to injure it again. And I can only imagine how it was for Clay seeing as though he had multiple injuries back to back. And the fact that he came back and he looked incredible. He looked like he's been there since day like he looked like he didn't miss a day. It, it was good for me to see, man. I, I it felt good. It felt really good. Shout out to Clay, man. I, I just wanted to end on a good note. I wanted to end on I wanted to start on a good note. Shout out to the Georgia Bulldogs for winning the national championship. And I wanted to end on a good note. Shout out to Clay Thompson, man. He looked incredible. He looked great. I do think that he's a big part of Golden State uh championship run. And right now Golden State's what like thirty and thirty and nine or uh, or thirty-one and nine or something like that. Shouts out to Clay. It just it just felt good. It feels good. it feels good watching Clay play, man. It feels good watching him back, and and he's a big key to Golden State's winning. And and he looks like he he hasn't left. So shouts out to him. And there you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you guys. Please subscribe to wherever you're listening. Please subscribe to wherever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. Uh, I will see you guys on Saturday. Uh, to give my you know playoff breakdown you know pretty much go game you know round after round see who's going to win um, and I appreciate you guys and until next time much love
0: Tone. yeah, yeah. Bitch, who made back truck in the coop? Only time I'm going back and forth is for the juice. They still got me in court, shit crazy. Only time I let a bitch record when I'm rain, I'm famous. But can't shit change me, nigga. A million dollars worth of gain these niggas. I sold green, sold white, sold lyrics. Course, I watching the house play the okay. Money on my nightstand, jewelry on my nightstand. After market, they stand though I pray I don't gym. They say it's on sight, then I guess it's on sight. Then first couple of shows, the effing was my hype, man. Way before the PJ, I had a flight plan. Go with me, shake his hand, that's my right hand. a whole fucking homeboy out of spike, man. We had so much store ran on a strike, and y'all don't get it. A on my fit it. niggas send a bunch of shit, they ain't living. Back on my pivot kitchen water with me. all these turkey bags they thought it was thanksgiving don't make me pull a lot of cash, I cash ain't tripping long ass nose sticks, got to it let me see you shake it one cheek at a time double shot with the line yeah your body Bitch, who made back truck in the coupe only time i'm going back and forth is for the juice they yeah, still got me in court shit crazy only time i let a bitch record when i'm rain i'm famous but can't shit change me nigga. a million dollar of gain these niggas I sold green, sold white, sold lyrics. Of course, I watching the house play the piston. Still remember Chief, he was three those down. I mean, how? How you ain't last a year? Look at me now. The reason why that bag in time, I got bricks. No top side, everybody won't fit. Forever outside, they done let a nigga in. Nigga, all my bitches got a bend. Nigga, if I can't fuck, don't taste You ain't got to like, it, respect Speak that F in, steal my weapon. Hey, James, step back, bitch, while I shoot Walk a nigga down without time my shit Let him play crazy a dad in this bitch Falls over fans and six still over nine Robbie riding, I'm trippin' for the gas Rose for the winner, then I probably give it back Still can't believe a nigga made it a rap Bitch my made back truck in the coupe. Only time I'm going back and forth is for
1: the juice. Bitch still got me in court, shit
0: crazy. Only time I let a bitch record when I'm rain', I'm famous, but can't shit change me, nigga. A million dollar worth of gain, these niggas. I sold green, sold white, sold lyrics. Of course I watching the house play the Piston.